Welcome to the Seashore Church Message of the Week. This message is designed to bring more of heaven into your world today. For more resources like this, or to learn more about our church, visit seashorechurch.com. Good morning. Hello, hello. How's everyone doing? Good. Good, I'm excited because the prophetic words today were uh, basically my message, so that's always exciting. Awesome. It's good to see everyone. Happy Sunday. Uh, my name is Yasmina Prosser. Uh, my husband, Akeem, is actually homesick today. So sadly, my other half is not here to represent and help with my uh, beautiful hype girl daughter, who you probably saw running around. She came in with like a blower, like a New Year's Eve blower today, determined to show everyone that. I'm like, okay, that... That might not be everyone's speed today, but um, um, Akeem's final words to me was, please make sure this is recorded. He is so bummed to not be here. So Nico, you got it. You're the best. Awesome. Um, So yeah, my husband and I, we are pastors here at Seashore. We've been married for, it'll be nine years this year. Um, We have our daughter, Zara, Aria, who's three and a half, and we are welcoming our second daughter in three months. And I am... So excited, low-key freaking out, um, have so much to do, and yet don't feel like doing it right now. So that's okay. It's different when you have another one that feels like I have three. I I feel like with Zara, I say, I I know I have one, but I feel like I have three, and I love her so much. I love her for that. Um, But I'm really excited. We are going to be kicking off 2022 as a church, as a body of Christ, Focusing on identity, our identity in Christ, this concept that we are a new creation, which is really cool because a lot of what was being um, just prophetically encouraged today was actually speaking to identity, was speaking to how we align ourselves with identity. And so we're going to be talking about that today, specifically, what is our identity? How do we align, step into, and activate our God-given identity in Christ? And so... For me, I started really leaning into and discovering my identity in Christ about six years ago. I was eight years into loving God, doing all the things, you know, just full-on Christian, but not knowing my identity in Christ. And so the, the journey over the last six years has been transformational. I truly believe that when we understand and know and also align ourselves with our identity in Christ— it transforms. It transforms. It is a major pillar to our faith, knowing our identity in Christ. This is a major pillar. If you don't know this, you're missing out on a huge strength, a huge foundation that is vital, I truly believe. Because to me, I I see it connect, and this is something that I do, I've been doing, and God's kind of given me a mandate with these three words, identity, authority, and freedom. When we know our identity in Christ, we then can truly activate our authority in Christ. And in that activating that authority, we can cultivate our freedom in Christ. And so it's very connected, it's very vital, and I'm excited that as a body of Christ, we're gonna lean into this in 2022. And so I wanna encourage you, come, 
come engage, come ready to hear, learn, listen, and lean in. Um, because I think that there is opportunity for transformation on the other side of really encountering um, your identity in Christ. These are weapons and these are gifts that we've been given for this side of heaven. So a major reason why the gospel is good news, why Jesus is worthy of celebration, why there are holidays, why we do communion, why we praise, why we worship him, why we adore him is because of his life, of what his life, his death, and his resurrection has gifted us, okay? This is why we praise him. So again, it's vital. It's vital as a body of Christ. It's vital as sons and daughters of God that we understand and live from the inheritance that we have been given through Christ. So we're gonna break that down a little bit more today. Not only are we children of God, but we are what I like to call resurrected sons and daughters, okay? We are resurrected sons and daughters. We are children with a resurrection inheritance. We live for a resurrected king. Jesus did not just die, he died and he rose again. And in his, re, his being reborn, we were reborn. And so we are resurrected sons and daughters. And we need to identify with this. So we're gonna talk about how we can do that. Um, from an English, at an English language dictionary level, from a world point level, world point view, we understand that identity is the distinguishing character, personality, and beliefs of an individual. Okay, so it's character, personality, and beliefs. So we're gonna refer to this as self-identity, kind of like the worldly, the world perspective of identity. We're gonna refer to this as self-identity. And I don't know about you, but my character, my personality, and my beliefs have changed a whole lot since I was a kid, since I was a teenager, since last year, right? From the world perspective, this self-identity, it's always developing. It's always changing. And so the concept of identity is often based on this external, these external attributes that are always subject to change. And before I understood my identity in Christ, I would have identified myself by either what I did or what I hadn't done, what I accomplished or not accomplished, what others thought and said of me, worldly standards of worth. That is what I did identify myself as, even as a Christian, before understanding and knowing my identity in Christ. And when I did that, when I was defining myself by this self-identity, this kind of worldly perspective, I was an emotional roller coaster. I was unstable. It was because it was based upon so many changing things, especially when my identity was connected to my perceived, um, my perceived uh, thoughts or opinion on what people may, may have thought of me or even maybe what people said of me, because that is always changing. So these markers are always changing, and they were based upon modifications of my behavior, but we have a huge advantage as sons and daughters to no longer be identified by just external attributes and accomplishments or failures. We get to align our identity 
to that of Christ, okay? So this is where the good news is. This is the exciting thing. This is this Christ identity that we have. We, are, we get to align ourselves with the, that of the identity of Christ. And in Christ, our identity, it's not conditional. In Christ, our identity is not external. Christ does not change. Therefore, our new identities in him do not change. Is anyone like relieved by that? I'm so relieved. I'm so relieved that my identity is not based upon what I do or don't do. Do you know how freeing that is to my mental state? my emotional state, my spiritual state, to know that I don't actually have to perform to be enough. And yet it is possible to be a Christian and live separate from this inheritance of a new identity, which is why we're going to be teaching on it for the next couple of weeks. It's why we're going to talk about how we can really move into that today. It's so vital that we understand and are confident in who Christ says we are. So we're going to get into some scripture. And then we're going to talk about how we can practically step into these things. Is everyone with me? So quiet. So quiet. I am a verbal processor. If we were talking at coffee, I would be like, yeah, 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 uh-huh, uh-huh, yeah, 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 my friends know, it drives Akeem nuts, he is not a verbal processor, he finds it so rude, he thinks it's so rude, I'm like, this is, this is how God made me, I'm a verbal processor, I like, I thrive when people are like, yeah, totally, Mm mm-hmm, yep, mm-hmm, so, (laughs) I've just expressed my expectations, Okay, this is about me now. Um, no, truly, it would be, I wouldn't, it, I wouldn't hate it if you guys just gave me a little something, something. Okay. <laughs> oh, that's better. Whew, boy. You know when you're talking and someone on the other, yes, thank you, and they're just, there's just silence on the other phone, you're like, hello, are you there? That's what I was feeling like there for a minute, you guys. Um, so, okay, 2 Corinthians. 517. We have a lot of scripture to break down today. And I really want to encourage you, if this is an area where you're like, man, I really, I want 2022 to be a year where I actually really lean into and engage with my identity in Christ. I actually want to experience the freedom, the transformation that comes from my my understanding my identity in Christ, then write down these scriptures because I pulled a lot of them for you so you don't have to do that work, okay? You're welcome. We got it going down. So 2 Corinthians 5, 17. If anyone is in Christ, this person is a new creation. The old things passed away. Behold, new things have come. If anyone is in Christ, this person is a new creation. The old things passed away. Behold, new things have come. And Romans 12, 2, this is one of my favorite scriptures. Do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, 
but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what's God, what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Now, why I brought in Romans 12 too, was to remind us that we have a obligation, a responsibility, a part to play, where we must align our thinking to that of Christ. We must renew. And Romans 12, 2 says here, when we do that, we will be transformed. So there's a huge like, advantage here. There's a huge gift here that we can actually lean into, but we often just read over scripture and we're like, cool, 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 that was cute. And now I got in my scripture for the day. No, there are like um, treasures and things that like keys that God's given us in his word to unlock this inheritance that we've been given through Christ. So we must align our thinking to see ourselves through our new and true identity. And when we do this, we can experience the inheritance of our identity. And it can actually change the way you connect with God, yourself, and people, okay? When we understand, walk in, live by our identity in Christ, it impacts the way we connect with God, ourselves, and people. And we're going to actually break that down in a little bit on how it affects how we approach God, ourselves, and people. Before we do that, let's talk about what our new identity in Christ is. What is our identity in Christ? So Ephesians 1, um, this is a giant chunk of scripture. And there's probably like 10 attributes found in here about our identity in Christ. So highly encourage you to write down Ephesians 1. 3 through 14. Ephesians 1, 3 through 14. If you want to know what is my identity in Christ, if you have wondered that, this is going to be a beautiful chapter for you to just sit in and receive and process through. Praise be to God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love, he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will. To the praise of his glorious grace, which he freely given us in the one he loves. In him, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us. With all wisdom and understanding, he made known to us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ. To be put into effect when the times reach their fulfillment, to bring unity to all things in heaven and on earth under Christ. In him, we were also chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will, in order that we, who were the first to put our hope in Christ, might be the praise for his glory. And you were also included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation. When you believed, you were marked in him with a seal the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. 
Now, on my version, I was hoping it was going to translate up there, which I didn't communicate, so that's my bad, um, was that there was going to be each word that was an attribute would be highlighted. But we're going to break down the list here in a minute. 1 Peter 2, 9 is the, is the last scripture, very short this time. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who call you out of darkness into his wonderful light. So if we take these two scriptures and we just kind of jot down what are some key attributes of what our identity is in Christ because of Christ, because of Christ is going to be a key, a key phrase here for us today. We are blessed with every spiritual blessing. We are chosen. We are adopted. Let's see here if you have the list. Did I send the list? Yeah, there we go. Cool, cool. So blessed with every spiritual blessing, chosen, adopted, redeemed, royal, God's special possession, forgiven, grace lavished, unconditionally loved and accepted, pure, blameless. We have received the hope of spending eternity with God. And when we are in Christ, these aspects of our identity can never be altered by what we do. Can we go back to that list? Perfect. I want you to really look at these words and I want you to take note for a, a thing we're gonna do at the end of this message. Take note of anything that you have a hard time. Can everyone see, am I standing in the way? Take note of any word that when you read it, you feel like, meh, I don't feel that. Meh. That, that's, that seems a little, that seems a little uh, exaggerated. What, uh, can we see the second half of the list? Look at those words. Notice what happens within you when you hear those words. Is there a disconnect? Is there a tension? Is there a, no, that's not right. Is there like a rejection almost of some of these? If so, write them down. Take note of them. It's kind of overwhelming actually. A really beautiful way that I didn't have to do anything to get to be that. <laughs> like, and actually, I will never be able to do enough to ever keep it. I was thinking about that during communion. I was like, there's literally nothing I could ever keep up with to ever measure to the degree of what Christ gave us through his life, death, and resurrection, there's nothing that, and yet he still gave it to us. Like God still sent Jesus and Jesus still died knowing that we would continue to sin, that we would never measure up to the worthiness of this, but that he would say, now you get to say because of Christ. That's wild. I don't know of any other God. I don't know of any other religion. I don't know of any person that could love me like that and that could do that for me. 
That was a side note. So I hope you wrote down some words, some things that kind of stuck out to you because I actually really want to help you move into really activating, cultivating your identity in Christ because it is possible. Like you don't just have to hear about it. You don't just have to read about it. You can live it. So we'll get there. Okay, getting excited. So how does knowing your identity in Christ impact the way you connect with God, yourself, and people. I kind of mentioned that earlier. So we're going to kind of talk about this in a way of self-identity versus Christ's identity. I'm just going to keep it really simple. And we're going to talk about what self-identity would sound like versus what Christ's identity would sound like when it comes to the way we, um, the way we carry ourselves before God, ourselves, and people, Okay. So the first one we're going to break down is self-identity with God versus Christ's identity. So this is what self-identity would sound like when we approach God. It sounds like I need to ensure that I have read my Bible consistently for a period of time before I can approach God. Who's ever thought that or felt that? I'll put both I'll put every ligament up, okay? There was a season where I thought, oh God, I just need to connect with God, but like it's been so long, so I need to make sure I read the Bible for a week, and then after a week, then I'll be, then I'll be like worthy of approaching him. For sure, like love, love God, this is how I'm approaching him. But a Christ identity would sound like because of Christ, I can come boldly to the throne room of grace with confidence that I will receive mercy and find grace to help me in my time of need. I get to come boldly now. Why? Because of Christ. I want everyone to say it with me. Because of Christ. One more time. Because of Christ. We're going to be saying that a lot today. Because of Christ, I can come boldly that's what a Christ identity sounds like when it comes to the way that we connect with God. So some scriptures for you. Hebrew 4.16, that is fully inspired by Hebrews 4.16. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. And Ephesians 2.13, but now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ. But now in Christ Jesus, you who are once far away have been brought near. So I love that. That to me, I'm about to, yeah, we're going to go there for a minute. When we live from a self-identity, when we don't understand what Christ did for us, we constantly can find ourselves feeling far, right? I feel really far away from God right now. It's been, you know, weeks, months, years since I've read my Bible, since I've done X, Y, and Z, I feel far from him. Right here, we get to see that because of Christ, we have been brought near to God. That again, our connection is not based upon what we do or don't do with God. 
Jesus brought us near. Jesus filled the gap of the separation. So we're actually always near God. We get to cultivate intimacy. We get to cultivate friendship and communication and communion with him. But we are never far. We are always near because of Jesus. And at any point, at any moment, we get to come boldly before the throne room of grace. That's a whole nother, that's, that's another conversation, okay. So, how does this now impact the way that we connect with ourselves? This is what self-identity sounds like. I am not capable of overcoming challenges and suffering, nor do I feel even worthy of victory and breakthrough. So this is how we can approach ourselves sometimes. I can't do that, I can't do this, I'm to this, I'm to that. And even if that happened, I would probably blah, 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 blah. That's what self-identity sounds like when we connect with ourselves. But what Christ's identity sounds like is because of, let's say it together, because of Christ, let's do that again, because of Christ, because of Christ, I can do all things through him who strengthens me and his grace is sufficient for me. Y'all are going to be so good at saying because of Christ after this. This is, honestly, that is the language that I have. That's the, that's the only thing I can lean into when things don't go how I want them to go or my way or if I don't feel all the things. Um, because of Christ, that's what I have to lean into. That is the, those three words are like game changer. So anyways, Philippians 4.13. Um, I'm realizing that I have ADD. <laughs> And I'm saying what I'm, this is when you know you have ADD is when you're talking about your thoughts, I feel like. And so anyways, I go on these tangents and I'm realizing I'm going on tangents right now in front of you because I want you to know that I'm realizing I have ADD. <laughs> well, I have like those like tendencies. I'm actually believing for Holy Spirit healing of that or just not even healing, strategy. I need strategy, Holy Spirit. So anyways, Philippians 4.13, whew, okay. I let, it, I let it rain there for a minute. For I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. 2 Corinthians 12, 9 through 10. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is perfected in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly in my weakness so that the power of Christ may rest on me. That is why, for the sake of Christ, I delight in my weakness and insults and hardships and persecutions and difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. So when you think about what you aren't or what you don't think you're worthy of, shifting that perspective to because of Christ, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. And lastly, with people, how does this impact our connection with people? When we live by a self-identity, this is what it would sound like. I need to make sure that I show up in a way that people want or expect me to in order to be loved, safe, and accepted. You would probably never have that actual thought, but that's actually at like a subconscious level what would be driving the way you are showing up. I wanna feel safe, I wanna feel loved, and I want to feel accepted somehow. 
So I need to do this. Ooh, maybe I should ask her if I could do this for her. Ooh, maybe I should do this. Maybe we should ask for this. These are all coming from this deep, deep motivation and need to be loved, safe, and accepted. But a Christ identity would sound like this. I am fully loved, approved, and accepted by God because of Christ. Say it with me. Because of Christ. Now we're going to put because of Christ first. Because of Christ. Say it with me. Because of Christ, I am fully loved. Yep. Repeat with me. Approved and accepted by God. Nothing can separate me from the love of God. We're going to do that one more time together. Because of Christ, I am fully loved, approved, and accepted by God. Nothing can separate me from the love of God. I'm low-key enjoying making you guys repeat this with me too much. I'm like, inside. <laughs> um, no, it's, it's really good. So Romans 8 31 through 39, highly suggest the book of Romans chapter 8 in general. Um, This is a good big chunk. Let's see here. Where are we at on all the things? Yeah, we got time. Okay. Romans 8, 31 through 39. What then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. How will he not also along with him graciously give us all things? Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. Who then is the one who condemns? No one. Christ Jesus who died, more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship, persecution, famine, nakedness, or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all of these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, angels or demons, present nor future, or any powers, neither height nor death, nor anything else in all creation, will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. I'm telling you, when I struggled, when I have struggled and when I struggle with fear of being rejected, fear of not being enough by people. Because we face this, right? Like, hello, yeah. I have to go back to this because of Christ. And I, I, I'm not making this up. I put my hand over my heart and I say, because of Christ, I am loved. I'm accepted, and I am enough. And that's what's going to anchor me today. Not the fact that I've disappointed someone or that I am just not liked by someone. That happens. Because of Christ, I am loved, I am enough, I am approved. And that has become enough for me, which we're going to talk about that piece in a minute. So, who is ready to add because of Christ to your language. We're ready for that? Good. That's what I like to hear. Because of Christ. So how do we live by your identity in Christ? How we start living by this? Three keys. 
We must believe, first and foremost. We must believe that this is true, that everything I just said is true, that these scriptures are true, that what Jesus did and accomplished and gave us is true. Self-identity is rooted in beliefs about ourselves. So we must choose to lay down what we believe our identity is as a result of our behaviors, our mistakes, our circumstances, and believe what the word shows us throughout scripture that is our new Christ identity. So we must believe. The second thing, we must receive. As children do, children are really good at receiving. And we are to receive the kingdom of God as children. We are actually, because we're children of God, we are actually recipients. We get to stand before the Lord as recipients. So it's one thing to know that some gifts exist. It's another to receive it. I love you, Romy. Thank you. You're making me feel really good. Thank you. It's making sense. Okay. Um, The truth of who we are because of Christ must be enough, right? So this is that receiving piece. So when someone says, you look really pretty today, and you're like, thank you. That was, guys, I know you get, you hear that all the time. You look really pretty, right? Right? You receive that. You receive that compliment, huh? That was a joke, guys. Okay. Um, um, When you get a compliment, you look nice today, great job, and we say thank you. We've just now received that word. But when someone says, you look nice today, and you're like, no, not really. Actually, I feel terrible and my hair is dirty but you just don't know it and blah 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 these all these crazy things that girls say we're like oh, well what you don't know is I actually have dry shampoo I haven't washed my hair in two weeks and we say weird things we get we get very detailed about why we should not receive that compliment <laughs> but when we do that when we're actually like oh no yada 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 that's actually rejecting we're actually rejecting that compliment, that gift. And so it's the same thing with God. We can, here's the reality. When you hear something about yourself and you don't believe it, you reject it. So how we begin to receive this truth of who we are and live by it is that when we hear it, we receive it. We say, thank you, God, thank you that that is how you see me and that is how you made me despite me. So it's actually laying down what you believe about yourself based upon what you do or don't do to receive, okay? The third thing is we must exchange. We must give over any lie, belief, wound, sin, or fear that is hindering our ability to believe and receive and live by our true identity. So here's, this is the image I have. I have an image of my daughter who is always carrying way too many things at one time. So I, I see this picture of her running up to me with like two baby dolls, because this is now a new thing. It's two baby dolls, because she's gonna have twins one day or something. She's got two baby dolls, she's got bags on her hands, and I come, o- I come home, I open the door, and I say, Zara, I have a treat for you, because this is real life for us. I, always say I have a treat for her. Um, 
So she comes running around the corner, hands full, and I tell her, I have a treat for you. She 100% believes that I have a treat for her. She's not like, no, mom, no. I don't play games with her like that. When I say I have something for her, I give it to her. Or I have it, I actually have it. And so she's coming to me with like, oh, I believe you have a treat for me. And so I, I say, okay, Zara, I need to give it to you, but you're, you got, your hands are pretty full. How can you receive this? She's got to actually lay down the baby dolls, the bags, the, the crazy things that are all on her so that she can receive the treat that I have for her. So this is the way that we are to approach God. We often approach God full, carrying a lot of things. Okay, those things can be the lies, they can be sin, they can be fear, they can be wounds. And when God says, I have a truth for you, but you find yourself feeling like, ah, I don't know how to get it from you. Like, mm, let, me, let me move this bag up. Let me see if you can put it on my pinky. Can you put it on my pinky? You know, like women, I'm like carrying things on my pinkies and things. It's weird what we also do. Um, God's like, no, 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 lay that down so you can receive this. You need both hands to receive this. So what that exchange looks like, what that laying down looks like is often going to be either forgiving, forgiving someone or something, repenting of something, or just saying, you know what, actually, I'm going to reject. I'm going to reject. I'm going to let go of this lie, of this belief about myself so that I can actually receive this truth that I have been given freely, that I don't have to do anything for except for believe, receive, and exchange for it. So that is what that looks like. And I want to give you guys a, an opportunity to maybe do that today with one of those things from that list. But before we do that, and we are wrapping up here, I have, I'm very aware of the time. You might be thinking, like, how is this all possible? How is it simply that my identity now gets redefined by Christ. I've done too much. Or I haven't done enough. The answer to this is grace. It's through, by, and because of the grace of Jesus that we have the privilege to no longer, the privilege to no longer be identified by our mistakes our sins, our past, or our present. By the grace of God, we have been covered, washed by, and seen through the blood of Jesus before God. So you actually have an opportunity right now to believe and receive this grace. If you realize you have never accepted and received this beautiful grace this gift of grace through Christ in your life, or maybe you once did, and you actually feel like you've rejected these things and that you kind of find yourself living for sin in your flesh more than Christ, I want to give you an opportunity to receive this beautiful gift of grace through Christ and all that he encompasses. So if you guys can close your eyes, we're going to do a few things here. We're going to allow people to receive this gift, and then we're going to walk through a little exchange for those of you who are thinking like okay I actually feel like I really want to receive 
I really want to believe, receive this grace, this, this, this gift of Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. I feel like I need to do that again. I want you to engage with that reality that we've talked about right now, that you are fully, you will be upon this kind of acceptance, this receiving, fully a new creation because of Jesus. And so if everyone can pray with me, Father, I want to be in your family. If everyone could pray with me out loud. Father, I want to be in your family. I want to know you as father, friend, and counselor. Please forgive me for my sins. Today I choose to believe that you sent Jesus to live, die, and resurrect from the cross so that I may be saved. I accept the gift of Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I confess now that I am a child of God and that I am a new creation through Christ. Amen. I want you to stay in that place of prayer, that place of just kind of connecting with the Lord, and I want you to think about one of those key attributes that we read that might have triggered something in you, that triggered a disconnect, that triggered um, a disbelief, that triggered something that you felt like, "Mm, I don't believe that fully. I want you to think about that right now. I want you to see yourself actually holding it in your hand. It's gonna form and look like whatever your imagination allows it to, but I want you to see yourself holding that and kind of seeing yourself walk before the Father, holding this lie, holding this area that you feel like this does not align with what my Christ identity is. It doesn't fit in that category. Just in your heart before the Lord, I want you to acknowledge what this thing is before him. Let him know you're aware of it and let him know that you no longer want to live by it. And as you let him know that, I want to encourage you to let him know you are rejecting this lie and that you're going to lay it at his feet. You're actually going to give it over to him right now. So see yourself give it over to him, whether that's you putting it in his hands, at his feet, however that looks. See yourself fully letting go of that lie. You should see yourself empty-handed. And as your hands are empty-handed, ready to receive, I want you to ask the Father to show you what it is he wants to give you in exchange. Ask him, Father, who do you say I am?
whatever he tells you, receive it. And if you're having a hard time hearing him, that's okay, because he's already given it to you in his word. And you have that list, you know what he says you are, what he created you to be, so receive what that, that actual attribute is. If it's accepted, if it's enough, if it's blameless, if it's pure, receive that right now. See yourself fully, like your hands fully um, grabbing it, you pulling it to your chest, it is yours. It should look like you are fully holding it. Thank him, thank him for this gift. Thank him for this truth. Let him know, I choose to live by this because of Christ. Thank you, Jesus. This is actually something that you can literally do all day, any day, any time of the day, wherever you are. When you're driving, when you're in a meeting, when you're having quiet time, when you're cleaning. When you feel these lies, when you feel these disconnects to what you are, your self-identity is saying, and you don't see it line up with what you know scripture now says, because I gave you the scripture so you don't even have to go Google it. You can, at any point, do exactly what we just did. And I promise you, you will experience transformation. You will experience healing. And you will begin to really live out this beautiful gift that we've been given. And so I pray that this helps, that this gives you some sort of practical thing to lean into, um, and also encourages you. That's what I like to do. Encourage and give practical steps. So, oh, thank you, Jesus. Amen. Should I pray? I don't know what to do. <laughs> thank you. Should I pray? I don't know. I kind of feel like maybe just pray. Sorry. Talking, verbally processing out loud. Father, we just thank you so much. Oh, we just thank you so much for Jesus. That it is your great love that compelled an answer like Jesus from the beginning of time. Father, I ask that there would be an increased revelation and understanding of just how significant your love plays a role in Jesus and in our faith, in our purpose on this earth, that it is by your love, through your love, and because of your love that we exist. That there would be encounters of your love this year, Father. Real, tangible encounters of your love. Face to face, heart to heart. that there would be revelation of the magnitude and the sweetness of Jesus 
and that we as a body of Christ, as a community of people, would genuinely start stepping into our true identity and that it would change the way we connect with you, ourselves, and people for your glory because of Jesus. I seal what you've done today. Would you increase it, Father? In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. For more resources like this or to find information about our weekly services, visit seashorechurch.com.